podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Nina Kauza Show. And if you were listening to us live pre-podcast on Discord, we've had quite a kerfuffle, but luckily not, you know, um, uh, that's just the recording side of things. A flawless, wonderful, wonderful uh, result by the Reds. 2-0 it finished. Um, Happy days indeed. And it's good to stick it to that Leicester City team because we actually don't like them and, you know, we lost to them. So, you know... Uh-huh. Anyway, guys, uh, joining me on this podcast, um, it's a late one, so I really, really appreciate any, everyone who's joining us live, all our callers and my two guests. So without further ado, let me introduce them. I might as well, you know, rip the band-aid off right now and introduce my first guest, Harinda Singh, who is going to take the piss out of me for the episode before the podcast. You should just be honest. I'll take the piss out of you for any reason possible. <laughs> I literally give you a reason today. Literally. But, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my friend, um, how are you? Good to have you on, and what a performance and a result. Oh, it's great. When Leicester only have one shot on target, allegedly, and I'm trying to, and you can't even remember the shot on target that they had, it's a good day in the office for the Reds. This is also very true, very true indeed. And joining <laughs> joining um, Harinda, I'm delighted to be joined by the host of the Money Talks podcast, Mr. Moore Chatra. Please don't judge me, but welcome to the show. <laughs> I won't judge you and I won't take the piss out of you, you'd be glad to know. So uh, glad to be back on the Nina Castro, Nina. It's, it's great to have you on. Right, guys. Um, what I'll do is I'll get to my first caller first because they've been patiently waiting whilst I've been an absolute idiot before the show. So you know what? Let's bring the first caller in. A familiar voice. I've not spoken, spoken to him in two weeks. It is Kieran. Kieran, welcome back. Thank you very much. Thank you for your patience. Um, it's great <laughs> to have you on, but the floor is yours. So what would you like to say? What thoughts and points or any questions? Uh, I thought it was, uh, was a good one. Um... It wasn't a great performance, but, you know, it was a one nonetheless. And obviously, second half, I was getting a wee bit twitchy until we got that second goal. They put it to bed and, you know, I'm just delighted that we've got the three points. They keep our, they keep ourselves in a tight race of, of sorts. Still still going to be a big ask, but, you know, we'll, we'll still give it everything we've got, hopefully. Absolutely, absolutely. Any questions for the panel? Um, I just want to say, since uh, since Klopp took over in 2015, no uh, team has ever done the league double over us. Um, I've beaten us home and away in the Premier League. And, you know, I just think that we just don't tend to lose twice uh, in the Premier League to the same team. So, you know. Interesting, interesting. Right, we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, 
thanks Kieran for um your questions and some talking points there. And no it's it's an abs- absolute absolute pleasure right I mean guys um let's get to the first point of this I mean uh Mo I'm gonna come to you first I think we've got to start at the top a team lineup I absolutely loved it I I loved the starting lineup and one thing I loved was um the quality on the bench you know, like the fact that you had real, real good options there. Um, uh, talk to me about that. How did you feel about team lineup? Because I think those days are kind of going now where people have meltdowns about the starting 11. You you hope so? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we still get people who moan about anything. But, uh, you know, by and large, this is a, a squad that is as deep as any I can remember. I mean, yes, we still moan and complain because that's what we do as Liverpool fans. But, you know, there are the odd positions where we think, oh, yeah, just if we had a little bit more strength here or there. Uh, right back being the obvious example. You know, obviously, we've got Trent, world-class right back. Um, but, you know, his backup is clearly many levels below him and his standard. But um, that aside, you know, it was great to see that bench um and and the even better thing is, you know, that was a lineup without, um, you know, Mane, without Henderson, uh, and without um, Big Div as well. So, you know, it, it it does bode well for the rest of the season that you know all these players are now back, and uh, I think we can make a real tilt for the title. I really do think that. I think you know if we win our game in hand against Leeds, gap is six points. You know, we go to Man City Stadium empty had. And, you know, if you do the business there, close it down to three. I, I think that, you know, that, that team will really feel the pressure. And uh, I'm very optimistic about the rest of this season. You know, there's a lot to play for. And, uh, you know, it, it's, yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, an absolute top tier performance today. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we got the three points. Um, certainly the second half, we really kicked on and, you know, on another day, we could have easily won it three or four. So, you know, a lot of positives to take away. You know, the team is coming back together. The band is back and uh, happy days. Nice. I must have been watching another game, maybe because of the new shiny toy on the pitch. I don't know, Harinda, but like, I found like, obviously, I thought we had like a lot of shots, but I thought like we were really, really lively in the second half. I mean, talk to me about the team lineup and stuff, because I actually really enjoyed that performance. I felt like Leicester, we, we kind of flattered them with just like the two goals. Um, I think so. I think it's absolutely flattering that it was only two goals. Um, in regards to lineup, um, I was surprised Jones started. I have to admit, I was mm. surprised Jones started. My thinking was obviously... I didn't know about Henderson having a back issue or anything like that. I thought that would be a typical... I think there were some murmurs on Twitter yesterday that maybe Cater starts and stuff. So I think uh, Klopp kind of was kind of alluding to something. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, so I couldn't understand why you were shocked if you didn't see any things on Twitter. Well, yeah, I didn't see anything on Twitter or anything like that, but it was only like in the pre-match preamble. Like I I managed to wrestle the remote control off my daughter saying that I'm not going to the match, so at least let me bloody watch it while her cut was some strange cartoon about cheeses and mouses and cats and something else was going on on TV. I was like, look, this is my, this is my time now, you know? Um, so I caught it just at the point where Klopp had gone, oh yeah, there's no Hendo today because it's got a back issue or back problem. I was like, oh, okay. Because uh, when I saw the lineup, I was like, oh, yep, all right, right, there is no Hendo. He's not even on the bench. Shit, what happened between yesterday and today? Um, so clearly shows that I was out of the loop in regards to that one. Um I kind of thought Elliot might get a starting berth after the weekend, bless him. 
Mm. So that, that was the only surprise that I thought of anything. And in respect to Salah, I don't actually think Salah may have started instead of Firmino. But uh, the boss knew best. And yeah, first half, I must admit, it wasn't exactly pulsating. And there was a lot of tempo control, so to speak. You know, the Reds weren't trying to tire themselves out. They definitely weren't trying to tire Leicester out. Um, but the quality kind of just shone through, especially in the second half. I know we go for half by half, but just overall, there's nothing he's in the match. In the second half, quality just shone through. And there's nothing that the Broj could do about it at all, in any which way, shape or form. He couldn't tactically do anything about it. Personnel-wise, there was nothing he could do about it. And it looks like people did their homework on Lookman as well, which is great, because obviously we didn't do our homework on Lookman in um, the earlier match we had against them at the away, just before Christmas. So mm. it, it's really nice to have a good win. And, and just like Mo said, you know what, with regards to City and the points difference currently, um, beat Leeds, yes, it'll be six points and everything else based on games in hand. But do, do people just see City winning all the time? Because that's what they've got to do, right? They've got to win every single time to relieve any kind of pressure. and. It's a six-point gap. If they draw one, it changes everything. They draw two, it dramatically changes everything. Anything can happen. God, for, you know, God willing and helping, they lose one. That really does change everything. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Watch this space, people. Watch this space. And I think Kieran put in a, um, a, a question there about um, anyone to do a double over um, Jurgen Klopp and I think people have been uh, responding. I think Dell had a response in Discord there. Pep was the last manager to do the league double over Klopp in Germany. So, you know, Jurgen Klopp there with a, a really, really impressive stat. Well, Kieran, thank you so much for your call. We really, really appreciate it. We're going to move on to the second. Um, I was hell-bent on making this show, um, more so with all my technical issues, because um, I'm really excited to be speaking to this person. Um, <laughs> I hear him on podcast, look at him giggle. It is the the king of stats, or one of the kings of stats on, on AI. It, it's Mr. Dan Rhodes. Welcome to the show. Giving it a highbrow gloss. <laughs> so that, absolute pleasure to be here, Nina, especially after your... Your teething problems at the start of the podcast. <laughs> what I'm more talking about is Dell providing quality stats in the chat. What's going on there? That never happens. Can't be Dell. Must be Mubo. No, it's really simple. You know when they have a preamble <laughs> or when Glenn Hoddle and Peter Everett were talking, they said these stats in the match in regards to Pep being the last person or Bayern Munich being the team that was the last one that beat us, that beat our club over two matches. In the same the season, only, the, away. Only, the only person you want to listen to after a football match is Harinda, isn't it? Are we all going to be Sorry. honest about this? <laughs> Nobody takes a piss at you, but you know, Dell, I'm going to give him some credit here, you know, like getting us some stats in there. He obviously is trying to. Yeah, yes, but when you say give it, when you say give him credit, do you mean the stolen credit card? <laughs> Listen, that's my little side hustle. But I, I definitely, Dell's had the stolen credit card in his life. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> to pay for his AI subscription. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> You lot are bad people. When it hounds the chats <laughs> during a live show, it puts me off. I've got a really good pertinent point to say and then Dell pops up in the comments and I can't fucking remember it. No. Um, some stats. 
The uh, XG was 2.8 to 0.6. I feel like I'm giving away UP stats here, but it doesn't matter. Uh, four big chances as well. 22 shots, which is just 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 above our season average. We're, we're superbly good. I I was more I was really impressed by um, Mo and Harvey coming on. Yes, uh, I like the uh, connection between between the, between that side of the field. Um, Diaz came across as well. It was we had some good passing into play. Left to led to a chance. I think it might have led to the goal. Um, but yeah, it was. I feel like, you know, I do feel like when I'm talking on a podcast, I feel like I'm giving away UP secrets, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was was inspired, especially after coming on the call and hearing Nina's, (laughs) Nina's absolute... You're you're laughing because the chat is going mad (laughs) and Gags has just called you out. He's basically called you a narcissist. (laughs) Joining the pod because he wants to call himself yeah, that's that's interesting, guys. Considering I've never quoted myself once. <laughs> the, the the humble man of uh, the UP podcast, everyone, Mister Dan Rods. Oh, Nina's sticking the Nina is sticking the boot in there. <laughs> Gags is just laughing. He's he's got well, look, I'm doing my Rhodesy accent, Rhodesy. Oh, look, he comes on as well now to mock me. Never, never appears on UP, but just comes on here to mock me. That's because I haven't given him the time. <laughs> it's my fault. I'm sorry. Anyway, the, the most important point about tonight was shutting up those fucking Leicester fans because I was there yes. for the game and they were absolutely scandalous. They, they made me nearly cry in front of my son. Uh, it was our first big game together. And they were shouting, chanting things, and I was having to explain what feed the scousers mean to your fucking son. So, absolutely loved it that they all went home unhappy. Honestly. Does that kind of add, you know what? I'm going to come to more Chatra. More Chatra, your, your thoughts on this? Well, as somebody who happens to reside in the city of Leicester. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll be gloating about this tomorrow. Uh, Don't you worry. Um, No, it was beautiful. I mean, I completely agree with Dan. I mean, I I thought the Leicester fans, you know, in in those couple of games, um, you know, around Christmas time, absolutely awful. And, uh, you know, it was just... um, even worse when we went to their ground and, you know, it was just uh, really, really out of order. Um, and, and they kind of amped up even more. And I thought, goodness gracious, um, you know, in a week in which one of their fans ran onto the pitch at the Nottingham Forest ground and punched at, um, an opposition player. Yeah. And they had their fans um, attacking a restaurant in Nottingham City Centre you know, they these are a fan base that, you know, I had a lot of respect for, but, you know, they're really letting themselves down. Obviously, it's not all fans of Leicester City, you know, but there there is a sizable minority of these fans, especially those that go to away games, who are really quite vile um, yeah. amongst the less desirable uh, fans of opposition teams in the Premier League. So, you know, to see them royally shut up today, 
um, and have a long three, four hour journey home back to Leicester and arrive at one or two in the morning could have happened to a nice bunch of idiots. Absolutely, and it's been topped off with another yeah, yeah. result for them, you know. Um, they got absolutely trounced by uh, Nottingham Forest, and that was a joy. And, you know, Harinda, I'll, I'll come to you. I mean, uh, it's, I mean, like, Dan just kind of um, just said how repulsive their fans were, and he had to have, like, you know, not a pleasant conversation with his, his young son. You know, nobody has to explain what Feed the Scousers mean. I feel like it is so stupid. I feel it's insensitive. I think it's disgusting. I actually think it's inhumane. Like, how can you laugh about such things, you know? It's really um, Do you know what? A couple of years ago, when we were away, and we battered the shit out of them just after Christmas. It was the one where I came on here infamously and said, well, and you, definitely, yeah, yeah. it's that one. Mm-hmm. They, you know how Scousers will sing? And actually, no, not Scousers. Most people sing, da, 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 fuck the Tories. Guess what they sang? Da, 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 da. Like morons, Boris Johnson. I kid you not, I remember this so vividly from that day. So so it doesn't surprise me. So this is a period of time when Boris Johnson was trying his hardest, and even not as hard as as he is now, to be an absolute prick and a moron. I know that for Boris, that's modus operandi usually, but this is when Boris was going through a turbocharged version of himself. Right now, he's like a turbocharged nuclear fuel cell type person on a hell-bent mission to destroy everything in the world, including this country. Um, but enough about politics. This is this is what Leicester City do. And I was stunned at this. And my, yeah, my brother-in-law um, is a Leicester City season ticket holder. And I'm like going, are you guys normally like this? Because this is a bit strange. From the few seasons I've done Leicester away, I don't remember this kind of nonsense. You guys, is just... A, there's been creeping in for the last couple of years. I'm like, okay, no, but they, all, everyone's got their moron, so to speak. But since 2019-20, they've just got worse. We, we bypassed them completely in 2021 because of lockdown. 21-22 is like they're back with a vengeance on being the biggest pricks in the planet of the and earth. You know what? And I almost feel dirty for like, you know, being happy for them when they won the league. You know, with Ranieri but, and stuff. Like, it's, it's just something that's changed recently with them. Because I said, like, as I said it in the Discord chat as well, they're working really hard to turn themselves into the most hated, if not already uh, most hated te- uh, away fans in the Premier League. And that's some doing. That's really some doing. I mean, Mo's already mentioned what happened at the Nottingham um, Forest match. Uh, and you know what? It, it's quite a good shadow for it how they got smashed 4 1. Today, they were silent. All they could sing is. Fucking hell, man! Honestly, have, have you got nothing else like in your repertoire whatsoever? No. Yeah, Why? without Feed the Scousers, they were they were completely lost. They had nothing yeah. to sing. I mean, they, they broke. I'd rather them call down to the library than tipping. You know, take them. You know, find poverty amusing or chant about it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if yeah. this library is like a generic football chant. I think we can all it's, agree on that. It's just a generic piece of yeah. shit, really. Right? <laughs> like, Isn't it? Um, but this is also Leicester City, a generic piece of shit in regards to football. Not the city itself, not the people from the city itself, but the football team. It's a generic piece of shit currently where they've plugged it with money. They've plugged it with lots of freebies. And it's like buying a shit car or back in the good old days, getting a one-to-one mobile contract. Whereby if the good old days, you went to Vodafone, you didn't get really anything thrown at you. There's like, either you take our network or you don't. But these guys are almost like 
the super shitty Sang Young type car that you'll go and buy, which will give you a 50 year warranty because they know they need to sell the car. They'll give you so many things for free thrown into it just because they want you to look really enticing. So how have Leicester done that? With food tokens, beer tokens, clappers. Fucking clappers. Honestly, this is Leicester City. This is what they are as a football team. They are an organisation which gives their fans fucking clappers. Right, bang average team. Uh, have another corner. Seriously. Shall we bring him in? Gags? You'll need to unlock your iPhone. I thought, you know what? Rhodesy's come on. It, I just, it, you know, I've got to top that. i got to top that now. I'm joking. Um, I thought I'd bring it back to the football. We've uh, dissed the Leicester fans enough. Um, quite quite a fall for, from grace for them. Everybody was quite happy for them when they won the league back then. And uh, everybody felt sorry for them when they had that disaster happen, that tragedy happen. And uh, yeah. all of a sudden, they're now hated because they turned into a bunch of dicks. But anyway, we've we've called them dicks enough. Uh, let's talk about uh, a pair of legends um, that were on the pitch today. Back together again, uh, Fabinho and Thiago. I thought they just ruled the roost yes. today. Absolute class in every single way. Thiago was superb. Uh, we were unlucky with the final balls in the first half where Thiago won the ball back and um, with... with um, with Fab, and we broke a couple of times where we didn't actually get in in the end. But uh, I thought, honestly, the, the both of them were superb. And I don't think Thiago will start the next game, but he needs to rotate with Nab now every other game and uh, stay in this team and the run-in. If he does that, if he gets to play once a week, like we did right at the end of the season, he played one game a week because we were out of everything. We won 10 in a row. Well, did we win? We won eight in a row. And I think we won um, 9 out of 11 or something. That's the type of shit we need to do. Actually, we have to go better than that and win all of them. But I would like to hear um, the panel speak about, firstly, Fab and Thiago. And then I'd like them to talk about Luis Diaz as well. Now, Gags, what would you do if Diaz had a, had a, a Premier League debut like the way I started this podcast? <laughs> I'd still be loving him, so it'd be all right. <laughs> oh, bless. Okay, I don't feel too shit now. Right, let's talk about this because I do think, um, more. I'm going to come to you. Um, Gads hit the nail on the head. That combination of Thiago and Fabinho is is fabulous, and whoever joins is just you know adding adding to the pleasure. But for me, one thing I really liked about today's performance and display was the control in the midfield. I felt like there was you know. Um, a dominance in the midfield. Something that I certainly noticed in the first half as well was a lot of our chances were trying to be created from the middle of the park. Usually it's our wide men, you know, like Trent and stuff, but I felt like it was all quite narrow. But And I also like the fact that Fabinho was really, really breaking the lines today. So, um, and Thiago just with his just pinging passes and pressing and getting stuck in and doing a lot of defensive work. So, I mean, those were all things that really impressed me. And uh, Gags was really impressed about the performance as well. So, take it away. What, what, I mean, what were your thoughts on them two? Yeah, I mean, they were just magnificent. I mean, we we all know about the record uh, Liverpool has when the two of them start and play together. You know, it is absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, once again, reunited, they were superb today. I mean, sure, I mean, that midfield from Leicester, uh, not perhaps their full strength one, um, but nonetheless, um, you know, they they controlled the middle of the park with ease. And, uh, you know, not only on the ball, off the ball, 
um, space, uh, the passing, the tempo. Um, it, it was all really, really classy, very top end. And, uh, you know, it just, again, you know, bodes well for the remainder of the season because, you know, certainly with, with some of the key games like Champions League fixtures, you know, if, if these two start in midfield um, straight away, you have to just place us as favourites. Um, you know, they, they are really that kind of missing ingredient that we had in those games where we did drop points earlier in the season, um, you know, where the control wasn't quite as it should have been in midfield. And, you know, when, when these two start, um, it, it is very rare for us to have um, other teams you know, uh, have the upper hand in the middle of the park. And uh, I'm really hopeful that, you know, with um, a bit of luck, um, you know, we, we can keep Thiago playing for um, the majority, if not all of the remainder of the season. Obviously, as Gag touched upon, you know, there will have to be a bit of rotation there. You know, we, we won't be able to play um, week in, week out or game after game in the way that perhaps others in the squad can. Uh, but, you know, he, he will certainly be a very key player you know, if we are to pick up one, two, three, or maybe even four trophies uh, between now and the end of the season. I like it, the importance of a solid midfield. Harinda, I mean, I'm so sold on them too. And I think, you know, um, it, it's the last time I was like truly, truly sold on, on a midfield that looked really, really like in control and and kind of dominated was like the era of like Gerard and the Alonso's and the Mascherano era. And I felt like, you know, I feel like there's something good brewing here. I mean, talk to me about their performance today because I do think they control that middle of the park. Oh, it was beautiful, right? It's, especially mm. when you see Thiago marauding forwards and getting on the end of something and almost scissor kicking it into the goal. Had that gone in, I think we would have, our heads would have exploded because it's just been so so audacious an attempt that it, you just wouldn't really recover from it. I don't even think people would have made it for the rest of that half or second half or anything really because it was just sublime. Um, they're definitely in control. You can see also how they work in tandem in regards to when one's going forward and one stays back and the other way around. And also when both of them start going forward and how they compress, sorry, compress is the right word here, um, Leicester. The great thing is that you could see a Leicester panic as well, which is beautiful to see, right? Because we just don't like Leicester. You've got Dewsbury Hall, who looks like a sergeant major or an airline RAF type <laughs> pilot from the Second World War. You almost want, you almost think if you went to like um, the British History Museum or something like that, you would see his picture, you know, like in a textbook somewhere in school or anything like that. Because of the way that his moustache and his hair is, all he needs is the cap, you know, like and that's it. Like and that's it. Um, but jokes aside, what do they really have? Yeah, you know, they had Albright and Madison Lutman behind Dakar, or wherever it was, in Samaria and Dewsbury Hall. And every single time we looked as if we could do something to them, they almost let us. Yeah, you know, there were there were times granted where they did get past us, where um, they were able to get past Trent, or they were playing against the high line and things like all all the kind of cliche moments you could give Leicester in a match. But control and tempo were set by the two people who do it best at Liverpool Football Club currently, which are Thiago and Fabinho. I mean, I'm a Henderson lover. I know that Mo sometimes is is not as um, flattering about Captain Fantastic, and sometimes Captain Fantastic isn't very fantastic. It happens, right? But today, it showed horses for courses, and it showed the right course that we needed. 
Do you think I'm man? I was hoping we'd get through a pod without mentioning. Can we agree that you know, um, it has to be a combination of them two and another? Yes, I just hope that what Klopp said the other day about you know the people that used to expect to play before may not get games now because I have to go with what's the right team. I just hope that's not a lie because at the end of the day, in the next few weeks, we're going to find out if he talks a load of you know nonsense or not because he's been saying Nabby's World Cup again. He doesn't start either the next two games. He's just lying, and he really so he's not he's not he's not telling the truth because there's this is the time where you rotate you don't bring on a world class player or play one of your world class players while, while saying it it's pretty much damning and and done for and that's the end of Naby's season of career really at, at liverpool so you know he he needs to he needs to, that's going to be what's telling now in the next couple of couple of games i hope hendo's back we do need rotation at the end of the day fab can't play every game don't want to break him he's too important so we got to pick and choose. We got Burnley and Norwich coming up in between Inter, you know, around those games. Sorry, on either side. So there's plenty of options to play and players to play and keep winning. So at the end of the day, um, he needs to rotate three, yeah. four players a game, guaranteed. It doesn't matter. And when you, and you know when you talk about rotation, when you have someone like Naby now, oh, sorry Diaz now. I mean, he Glenn Hoddle was going mental about him all game, and you know what, Hoddle doesn't always talk very nicely about us but he he was enjoying Diaz play today like everybody else was he was a breath of fresh air he was all over the pitch he was pressing 15 seconds he almost did something 15 seconds I I wish he didn't cut in and just went with his left you know on that right at the start what a pass by Trent as well by the way Trent's just next level though isn't it We, we literally we take him for granted now Trent it's just normal we we don't we don't praise or go crazy about it because it's if normal. He, if you want to know how awesome Trent is, go and listen to the latest Under Pressure podcast. <laughs> Actually, no, go to the article that Rosie wrote. Yeah, <laughs> that as well. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, talk talk. Um, I would like um, Harinder and uh, and Mo to speak about Diaz because. Uh, and and more so, not the game because it's obvious what he was like at the game, but what he brings in terms of the front uh, five now that we've got at the, at the club. Because today, when you look, watch the game and you looked at Bobby, you saw a player who's, you know, on the way out of being in contention. Really, it was a really poor performance. I thought at times from Bobby gave it away. Aww. You know, and I, and and you know that's the type of. He's he's going to be on the periphery for me. And you know what? We all love Bobby, but you have to tell the truth. You've got to be honest and objective about things. He just, today, you know, he's not been playing much football, but he wasn't very good. wasn't very good. So I'd like to, you know, the difference is basically Diaz coming in, you know, lighting it up. And Bobby, who plays every week, just, it just didn't look right. Or has played every week. Um, I, I can take this if you want. So with regard to Bobby, I think I said it to people after the Crystal Palace match, it's not the same. Like there's a genuinely, something's just not quite right in regards to the speed, in respect to sort of how I used to see him run and catch the ball or run and do something. And, and the tricks and skills are all there. The little kind of intelligences that make Bobby, Bobby, they're also there, but the speed is gone. 
it's it's just not the same as it was before and that's really painful for me it's really really painful yeah dan rhodes in discord you're right the pain acknowledging it is really really painful because before in a season and this is quite not you'll appreciate this too dan it's rather narcissistic of me about what i'm about to say it's um I used to really love posting myself with Bobby, right, for a few years back. And the reason why I loved it is because you kind of knew that you were going to be able to share it and the happiness in that one picture, almost double digits time a season. I played to myself, I don't even know if I'm going to get to post it in 2022. <laughs> yes, exactly, Nina. Exactly that. That noise you made right there is exactly how I feel <laughs> when I think about that. <laughs> that whimpering kind of oh, my God. It is that whimpering feeling, you know, kind of thing. Um, because Bobby is such a lovable character. But then Gags, you know, I, I haven't got any defence for him. I can't sit there and... You know and what it is, though, Harry, though? You know, you know, you were talking about him, like, his pace has kind of slowed down. Like, we always knew, like, he, was, he wasn't as quick as the other two. But for me, one of the things that I find a little bit concerning about him was he was mentally sharp and he, he had this ability to, like... Play the pass or know where the where where you know either more or money were and stuff, and I feel and all these passes always kind of always found their way. They had a purpose, and I feel that sometimes he he, he kind of loses it and things like that happen. Like he was a bit careless in that free kick that he gave in 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 uh, Leicester's half. But for me, I feel like he's mentally not as sharp as what he used to be. Um. Yeah. There is a little bit of that, like the, the things that he would latch onto or ghost towards almost. Mm. Yeah, I they're, they're gone. They, again, they are gone. You can see that the, the Crystal Palace match was the one that really brought it home for me because Palace away is an atrocious place to go and sit and watch a football match if you're an away fan because the incline is at the wrong angle and there's posts and people in the way. So you only really get to see the second half. Um, in respect to like where you're sitting because it's right near you. The first half is literally a blur and something happens, people scream and shout, but they haven't really seen what's going on unless they're sitting in the front row. Everyone lies about Palace away in respect to what they say. Yeah, I saw the goal. No, you didn't really. Um, and, and you could see it so clearly in the second half, like things where he was just getting beaten to stuff. And you're like, oh, you know, Bobby, a couple of years ago, this would never happen to you. Bobby, beginning of the 2021 season, this wouldn't happen to you. Bobby twenty one twenty two, yeah, I don't know, but it seems to be post injury. I, I I don't remember him being like this at the beginning. It's like August September time. Did he, he have kind four of chances today though, which is one of his better ones for quite a while. I mean, I mean, the quality probably will not been great. I've not got the XG on there's, them, obviously. Oh, there's, there's only one that I can recall that would have made me sat there and gave to my phone and be able to get the selfie out ready to post everywhere because it's mm. been an exciting yeah. moment. That's it. There's only one. I can't remember the other three. Mm. But that says it all, right? Mm. That genuinely says it all. If, they, if he had four attempts on goal, sorry, four shots today, there's only one that people can really kind of possibly remember or I can possibly remember. It says quite a lot. Now, in com- contrast, so bringing it to Diaz, and Diaz is like the Mane injection. So you remember when we signed Mane, me, you and Gags did a lovely pod about Mane and I was really excited about the signing because mm. of how I'd seen him play over the years. Especially that last those kind of two seasons with Southampton, or so, mm. or one season with Southampton. Sorry, um, they're fucking awesome, right? And Diaz is a lovely injection of pace, energy, catalyzing so much on that side. Uh, I mean, Glenn Hoddle isn't exactly somebody you would say is blessed with how to speak. 
when it comes to commentating. I mean, one of his quotes from the first half was, right now the difference between the two sides is the goal Jota scored. No fucking shit, Sherlock. <laughs> like, you, you're real clever. You the next goal's going to be crucial. <laughs> yeah, we've got Michael Owen this year. He knows a thing or two about goals. Okay, right. Please stop. Um, so that, you know, when you're enjoying the plane of Glenn Hoddle, you need something to make you feel better about life. And the thing that made us feel better about life in the first half and the second half truly was Luis Diaz. He really is amazing, right? Just just in his passing, just in his vision and that speed and you know, the trickery between his feet. I thought it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, I was. I was half expecting the, I suppose, the the carbon copy of Mane almost, whereby he's dragged it to the left side and he's going to beat the player and then go into the box and, can, and repeatedly do that at pace. We, we didn't quite get that, but his sink and um, being sort of like exactly where Robertson wanted him to be today was awesome, right? Mm. They're definitely on the same wavelength. Yeah. So, and you know what? And that is so impressive, isn't it, Mo? Considering he's literally just come... The fact that Klopp doesn't usually trust a new signing or lets them kind of, you know, find their feet a little. Language might be an issue as well. But Klopp was really impressed that in, I think he said something in his press that he's really impressed with his ability to pick things up really quick. And, you know, he looked so sharp. Within 15 minutes, he almost scored. He was just, an, like as Harinda said, an injection of um, just this creativity, this, you know, this spark. He was such a sparky player and... Uh, you know, like that, that, you know, when we had, when Trent and Mo came on and it kind of injected some new kind of energy into us. And, you know, when Mo Salah rattles the crossbar and then on the other side, you know, Diaz thunderbolts it. And, you know, like it was, you know, that like it's those moments, like he's always there. He's always wanted to sweep up the ball. And he's, I, it, it didn't, I mean, like, I laugh actually at my last Nina Calder show because I was taking the mic thinking, oh, transfer window's happening. That's a myth to us, Liverpool fans. And then two weeks later, I have to eat my own words. And I'm sat here talking about a new signing who's started and had a wonderful, wonderful um, appearance. And I think we're really excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there was, again, um, plenty of positives to draw from. Um, Diaz's first uh, Premier League start. I thought that, uh, you know, he um, looked very impressive today, but I still thought he almost played within himself. I, I thought that, you know, there's plenty more here that he can uh, bring to the table. Um, but I thought, you know, I mean, he, he knows, uh, he, he seemed like a smart kid and he realised, okay, well, you know, they, they don't want me to be busting out all of the showboating straight away. So, um, you know, let, let's kind of play sensible, play within myself. Um, but I thought, you know, he, he gave uh, James Justin, who I do rate as a right back, um, a pretty torrid time at points. And, uh, you know, I, I thought the way in which he as was touched upon um, earlier um, interacted with Robertson was also very uh, promising and bodes well again for the coming weeks and months. Um, but I, th- I think that it's, it's the best sign that, you know, Klopp was, happy to start him, you know, you know, barely a couple of weeks after joining us. Um, you know, we, we know, and as you just again touched upon, um, Klopp generally tends to ease his plays in over a prolonged period. And it's almost rare for a new signee to start um, again this soon. So, you know, the fact that he started when, you know, it was possible for um, maybe somebody else to start, um, you know, shows the kind of faith that, 
uh, Klopp, Linders perhaps having him already just from, you know, these first few days of seeing him train with um, the rest of the squad. So, so that was really, really good. Um, just on the subject of Firmino, um, mm. I mean, unlike Harinda, I, I'm um, somebody that has been quite critical and vocal about um, Firmino, uh, you know, and you know, I, I can remember going back as far as two years ago in the 1920 season when we won the league. Um, around this time, two years ago, you know, I was in, I think, Discord groups, you know, during match days, you know, laying into him a little bit, saying, "Look, you know, he started off superbly that season. He was our best player at the start of 1920, and yet by you know December January time, I thought, okay, yes, we are winning game after game." But he's, he seems to have dropped off a level. Um, and, you know, he's never got that form back. He's never has. I mean, yes, he's put in the odd great performance since then. But, um, you know, he, he's definitely not the player he used to be. He's been a fantastic servant to us. You know, he's been a key integral part of us becoming this dominant team. Um, but, you know, you know, I, I do a Money Talk podcast and, you know, I, I focus on the financial side. And, you know, my financial, with my financial hat on, I'm saying, you know, as great a servant as he's been, and it might be a bit unpalatable for some for, for, to hear this, but, you know, maybe this summer, unfortunately, might be the time to move him on. Um, you know, if it's a choice between retaining Mane or Firmino, I'd much rather retain Mane. I mean, Mane's not the player he was either, but I still think he's got more in the tank than Bobby has. And, you know, it's sad to say, but it happens with, you know, all great players, you know, that they reach that point where, you know, they're not quite performing at that level that you want. And, uh, you know, we've brought in Diaz, you know, we've got Elliot coming through, we've got Mo, hopefully we can really sign him up uh, for this extended contract. You know, we've got Jota who's absolutely on fire at the moment. Um, you know, and there's a possibility we might even bring in another forward in the summer. So if that's the case, it's hard to see where Bobby fits in, even, you know, as, as someone to come off the bench. I really think that, you know, if it's a case of letting him run down his final 12 months or perhaps trying to get 20, 30 million pounds for him, I, I'd be more keen to bring that money in. Sorry. And, you know, you speak from a financial perspective and a, and a sensible perspective and it's sad but yeah it's been it's been quite a while now and um yeah <laughs> we're so sad he's, he's my default man of the match always when he first came to Liverpool as well and you know it you know what let's move on you know we spoke about um Diaz's um really kind of um impactful debut where he was pretty much everywhere and doing everything let's talk about uh the guy that was scoring the goals and um I mean I'm gonna come to you because I, I mean I love the Diop Pajata he's he's so informed but in this game and what I love about him is the fact that he can be really really quiet and really delicate throughout the whole game and um Bam, right place at the right time. I mean, you know, let's talk about the first goal. I mean, like, you know, Virgil van Dijk. I find it hilarious that no one marks Virgil van Dijk on a, on a, on, on a corner. Gets a clear header in and, you know, there's Jota just to kind of, um, you know, to pounce on it and get his goal. I mean, he's, he's, he's incredible. And I kind of feel like to some degree in that regard, he's kind of taken over that, that Firmino kind of role in terms of the little pouncer on little things. 
So I'm still trying to get over Bobby Firmino. But I'm over it now. Okay. With Jota, it's a beautiful thing, right? Because nobody nobody gets how he does what he does. Like he shouldn't be able to jump that high. He shouldn't be able to score headers like that. He's not the tallest person in the world. He's not the strongest looking person in the world. But give him a minute, give him an inch and he'll take a yard to score a goal. That proper score. And I asked a question in Discord for his second goal, but I didn't get an answer. So maybe the panel here knows the answer. Is that Matip's first assist since the Madrid match? If he can't score them, assist them. I don't know. Is it? I don't know either, but I'd love it to be. But this is the reaction kind of thing that we would get from Bobby Firmino back in the day. I remember Man City and Chelsea. You remember when... Coutinho Navy schools and it kind of comes across and it gets rebanded and who's there? Bobby Firmino. What does he do? Tuck the ball into the back of the net. Who's doing it now? Jota. Yeah. So it's a proper po- is that people want to call him like a fox in a box, a poacher. All the cliches you can give a striker who just appears at the right time, you can apply it to Jota. He deserves all the plaudits. And today what you showed was the versatility of someone who can just be a menace all the way throughout the match. And then disappear from the match almost at the same time as well. So you're not quite sure what's going to happen next. Is he going to appear in the attack? Is he not going to appear in the attack? What do Leicester do to manage him? How do we manage him? Oh shit, hang on, look, there's other people around. It's great to see. It's so, so good to see. Um, I thought his second goal was better than the first, though. Just because I don't know whether I'm biased because of Matip setting it up, doing the assist, or just the sheer fact that... um, Schmeichel nearly saves it and it kind of just squirms through him. Yeah. Uh, or so. But it's just the guile to be there and to do it. You know, at a time when we were applying all the pressure, nothing was going in almost in the second half. And, right? and I think it's good at a very crucial time as well, in it? Like, yeah. uh, you know, like, uh, what what minute did he score his second one? Was it 80 something? It was 80 yeah. something. So. Uh, pretty much, like, we had all them chances and you're like, okay, we're playing really well, but we can't we can't cock this up and literally he kind of like eased us all into like yeah i think we've got three points here cool. i mean mo and this is probably a great this is this is great radio right this is a great segue into mo chatra isn't the deal structure for mo for uh, diego Giotto really good for us in the way that we structured it, in the way that we set it up and the way that we got him it cost us didn't cost us a massive outlet at the beginning from recollection yeah so that's now, right yeah yeah, I think it was only what five million pounds uh, the first payment, <laughs> and the rest by Klarna. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think we would have paid less if we'd been willing to pay more up front. But I think the deal was that we'd pay a fairly, well, a relatively smaller amount of five million, uh, but then we'd pay more overall. So um, I think it was forty million. Um, plus add-ons of five, uh, so 45 in total. Um, but the initial payment was only five. Um, but what a bargain, though. I mean, yeah, 40 to 45 million pounds, you know, a lot of money, but, you know, he is becoming prolific now, isn't he? And uh, it is. he really is. He's, um, you know, again, one of these players that makes opposition fans really jealous about the way in which we operate because... You know, he was a signing that went a bit under the radar for other rival fans. They didn't really pay much attention. Even some of our own fans thought, oh, you know, the Wolves player, okay, fine. 
uh, you know, wasn't many Liverpool fans that got massively excited about him. And yet, you know, here we are 18 months on and, uh, you know, he's an absolutely integral part of this squad. Um, you know, he, he's, um, you know, that uh, goal poacher, that finisher. And, uh, you know, there were times um, in the past when we missed that kind of player. And, you know, he brings that. And, you know, yeah, I mean, his all-round game isn't perhaps as accomplished as Pete Bobby. Um, but, you know, it, it's not as if all he's good for his goals and nothing else. You know, he still works hard. He still puts in the shift. And, um, you know, I, I, th- I think, you know, we're very lucky to have him because, uh, you know, he's he's one of the informed strikers of world football at the moment. And, uh, you know, when you look at him, add that to um, the best player in the world in Salah, and you know, um, Mane, who on his day can still be one of the top players. Um, then you know, our attack is absolutely formidable and as strong as any uh, t- uh, team in-, in club football. So, there you have your answer. And, um, Mo, I'm gonna um, stick with you. I mean, I had a chat about Jota and how he's done so well and obviously last season we didn't have the best season and um it was actually one of a a familiar voice on on Anfield Index actually speaking to uh, Jonathan Harding about um Jota and we you know Liverpool weren't doing great but he was doing really well and then he gets injured and he kind of injected a new kind of energy and um you know you're speaking about Roberto Firmino there who's kind of dropped off and you know and you know we've said on the pod that you know you find Jota in, in the right places at the right time where you would find Roberto Firmino. And of course, Roberto Firmino from all the forwards was the main man when Jurgen Klopp came in the sense that he's been there from the beginning of Jurgen Klopp's tenure. And, you know, could Jota be and these new guys and could they be like, the you know, that is Jota like still very much new in, in terms of, you know, there's only like, oh gosh, how, how am I trying to say it? Basically what we were talking about was, um, he's injected a new kind of energy into the forwards. You know, like sometimes it can get a bit samey. There's only like, how many times can he say the same motivational stuff? And having this new kind of striker kind of really bumped us up last season. And like, he's just a great addition to that team and that that starting eleven. Yeah, he is. You know, I mean, before he arrived, you know, you think back, we had our... Um, front three very well established in Mane, Firmino and Salah but then you know if you looked beyond that I mean yes we had Divock but you know as much as we all love him and he's a cult hero you know the the difference in quality between yeah. you know our established front three and him was pretty significant whereas yes. you know now that Jota's come in um, you know he had a very promising season um, in 2021 20, uh, and uh, you know he had that injury which really scuppered things I think had he not had that you know he probably would have gone on to score 20 goals in all competitions last year and then you know this season you know he's he's obviously going to comfortably exceed that barring injury again so you know he he's added that added you know um, added quality to um, the front three that we had, especially, and it's very timely given as we've just touched upon, you know, Bobby and Mane are not the players they were perhaps two, three seasons ago. Uh, but then on top of that, he brings something slightly different to his game. 
as well. So, you know, there, there's something else um, as a dynamic to our, you know, um, attacking play that we perhaps didn't quite have before he arrived. So that's good. And again, we're hoping that we see the same with Diaz, that he can bring something slightly different because that is the, the, the key to um, a team that maintains and achieves success over a prolonged period mm-hmm. is, you know, to consistently evolve, not to just stay the same because, you know, all, all these teams that you know they pull all sorts of analysis together to research and to understand how to negate um you know the top teams and you know we we had that issue to an extent last season where you know we went through a spell where you know teams was it felt like starting to figure us out um but you know we, we've changed subtle things here and there and you know as a result of that you know we've been um, scoring goals at will this season. You know, we, we are the top scorers in the league, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, part of that is because, you know, we are able to play in a, in a slightly less predictable way than perhaps we did a year or two back. And I think Jot has been very key to that. Absolutely, absolutely. And Harinda, I'm going to come to you, you know, um, can we take a moment to appreciate um, the the defensive um, display of it? Uh, you know, I really like um, Virgil van Dijk and uh, Joel Matip. I, I thought they were both incredible. I thought Joel Matip had a really good game as well. Don't get me wrong, you know, things have been made maybe a little bit easy for them because obviously Vardy weren't playing, he was injured. But just overall, I mean, I thought still a solid defensive display. If they were ever, ever in, in a... In, in a sticky situation that they, they handled it pretty well and you know I like the fact that they had the confidence both of them to go up for set pieces and stuff which meant that they had their shit under control <laughs> pretty much I mean um, Matip is Matip we haven't had a Joel angry moment for a while I'm expecting that so no context Joel Matip has a proper level of context was it in the first half when he roly polied into um uh, <laughs> Uh, um, uh, Leicester's half and then kind of won the ball back in, in halfway through his Rolly Pauly or something. He's just hilarious. Just brilliant, right? Um, I can't say that. I recall that completely. But with Virgil, I think from the point whereby he just showed who was there for the attack, was it Lookman or somebody? I can't remember who it was who got into our half and had the temerity to enter the box. And he just steps aside and shoves him out of the way. And that was the end of that. Yeah, as soon as Virgil did that, I think it kind of set the tone for the rest of the Leicester players. That's saying, look, fuck off. I don't give a shit what you're going to think you're doing around here. But this is my neck of the woods and you ain't scoring anything today. Um, I can't say much more about the defence, really. I can't. You know what? Because it's all been said before. And that seems a bit tiresome and silly almost when you're on a podcast and you don't really want to say much about the defence because you think they'll think of but really, what I'm not sure was to say, Virgil van Dijk is one of the best defenders, if not the best central defender in the world. You have Joel Matip, who's a bargain of a central defender. Yes. Who plays for Liverpool. And once you get past the strangeness of sometimes of some of his movement in regards to how his legs go and everything else, <laughs> you, you kind of get to the realisation that, you know what, he is the perfect accompaniment to the yeah. likes of Virgil van Dijk. I know Virgil makes it really easy for lots of people, but that's taking something away from Joel Matip then sometimes. Yeah, because let's not forget, sometimes Joel Matip has actually been, um, certainly when, um, you know, van Dijk was kind of um, recovering from, you know, like finding his feet after his, um, you know, lengthy injury, Mo, um, you know, Matip has played really, really well in some of those games. You know, sometimes man of the match performances. I mean, 
I think we are seeing the the peak of um, uh, Virgil van Dijk again before you know uh, before his injury. I mean, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the centre back pairing. Yeah, I mean, you know, there aren't enough superlatives to throw at Virgil. He's just uh, a class apart as far as I'm concerned. And you know, yeah, I mean, at the beginning parts of the season, he obviously wasn't quite at the levels he was pre-injury. Um, but he still looked better than all but about three or four of the centre-backs in the mm-hmm. Premier League. And, um, you know, since then, you know, he's he's slowly kind of played his way back in to being that Virgil of old. Um, you know, I, I think he, I mean, yes, I mean, we are conceding, or we have conceded a few more goals this season than we did um, in in uh, 19-20. But, um you know, nonetheless, I think, you know, especially the recent performances from Virgil have been very, very impressive. You know, he's been an absolute colossus. And, uh, you know, I, I think, again, you know, that, that that's really, really promising for our prospects of winning, you know, one, two or three, maybe four even trophies before the end of the season. You know, a, a fit and domineering Van Dijk, um, you know, is always going to improve your chances of picking up some silverware. Uh, Matip, you know, I'm, I'm so delighted for him because, you know, he's had so many problems with injuries. And again, we all went into this season thinking, OK, well, you know, if we see him start more than a few, you know, a handful of games, then, you know, we'll be lucky. And and yet, you know, he, you know, touch wood, he's been fit for most of this season. And on top of that, you know, yeah, I mean, he's had the odd two or three subpar performances, but on the whole, he has looked very impressive. And in fact, in the first couple of months of the season, you know, he was out playing uh, Van Dijk and, uh, you know, that that was the levels at which he was performing. And, you know, d- despite that, despite comparison to Van Dijk, you know, on his own right, he's still one of the, in my view, top three, four, maybe five centre-backs in, in this league. And, um, you know, the fact that we now again have this depth and quality, um, at, at, you know, in, in the centre of defence, and the fact that, you know, we've got a very, very good defender in Joe Gomez, who's now our fourth choice centre-back, just shows the kind of quality we have there. Um, so, it, it, again, it is something that, you know, we, we all should be really delighted about, shouldn't we? Absolutely, absolutely. Guys, I think we're pretty much coming to the end of the pod. I think we've, we've discussed all the key parts and, you know, um, had a little laugh along the way as well and some stats thrown in. Anything you kind of want to... I don't know, get off your chest. I call it the closure part. I mean, Harinda, is there anything that we've missed that you feel like you want to address? Now's your yeah. chance to speak. Maybe you've forgotten Mo Salah coming off the bench. Oh, is there anything to say? Because he's just in, oh, an angry Mo Salah. He was just so pissed off and, oh gosh. He sat down defenders, man, again. This is yeah. so brilliant. He just saw blue and thought, oh, I'm playing Everton. <laughs> right, okay. Well, you yeah, know, Chelsea at some point. But, one of them should have gone in. I, I felt so. I, I did feel a little bit bad for him because the, the the bend on the one that hit the post. Oof. Bloody hell! Bloody hell! Honestly, and then obviously for yeah, before or after that, just the whole bit of like just bamboozling Leicester's defense. I mean, my head was spinning after that because he did all that, cracks it, and then there's another bit where it obviously then goes to Luis Diaz and he then hits it. And you're like going fucking like, come on, one of these. Uh, yeah, that was oh the part God. where I was just like, whoa, you know, like there was so much confidence. Like that's why I was enjoying that game because literally, like 
him and Elliot just linked up so well. That right hand side with Trent as well, who we all know is pretty phenomenal. It, but it's just yeah, it's, it's really, really, really beautiful thing to see because um, it's a bit like Elliot's picked up where he left off from, which mm. is a rarity for anyone coming back from an injury. She's right? so when young as well. Yeah, and we then have Mo Salah in front of him ready to accept things so that that trio almost of trend not just in any mosala an angry mosala yes sorry and mosala angry version um you've got trent elliot salah and on the other side you had robbo diaz and bobby or robbo diaz and fabinho or robbo diaz tiago you know it almost changed so much on that other side as well in regards to people linking up yeah and being able to put them it's so clever and you still got a fab in the middle of it all, just in case it goes wrong. Perfect. You know, there there'd be people who take pictures of this, and you know, and be salivating a bit over a screen, like going, "Oh my god, this is brilliant!" Kind of thing. Like having it's it's a choice overload, and it's a nice one. But yeah. coming back to Mo completely, it would have been great for him to get a goal, if not seven. Um, really shut Leicester up and get everything off his chest because I feel that because Mo hasn't scored he'll carry this on into the next one which is great because it's going to Burnley away right anything can just hit Burnley away really hard would be nice I mean they've done yeah. I mean Brexit Central and Burnley has done us a favour in respect to uh, drawing against United the other day which was nice upset Ralph Ragnick great Upset United fans, brilliant. Made most other fans who don't like United fans really happy. Brilliant again. But now they have to lose. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you. Good night. (laughs) Drop the mic. Yeah. Mo, I'd like to hear your your thoughts and comments on your namesake. Uh, You know, he came on and uh, I was really impressed with this before he came on. But my gosh, when he came on. Just a different kettle of fish, in my opinion, in terms of attack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, he wants to get some business done. You know, feeling very frustrated, disappointed about what happened at the weekend. But nonetheless, you know, you know, he's, he's all business and he wants to make sure that um, he doesn't go this season without any uh, silverware whatsoever. So I'm, I'm sure that he'll do his part to make that happen. And, you know, all credit to um, all the fans at Anfield who gave him an absolutely fantastic reception. You know, they just blew the roof off the place. And, uh, you know, there's not a fan base that will show him the kind of love that we do. Um, you know, he can go to a Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG, but he would never, ever get the adulation um, that he gets uh, with us. And that's why I'm hopeful that, you know, um, we can get some kind of deal done for him. I, I think he realizes and appreciates what he has with this club and this fan base and uh at the same time though it's only right that he gets what he deserves and i'm hoping that um the club the owners find a way to make it happen um and just in a couple of other quick things um you know robertson is a player that i've been having you know throwing some criticism at over the last however many months on discord during matches and you know i'm really glad that he shut me up proper because uh you know the performances he's been coming out with over the last uh two three months have been on the whole very very good i mean yeah i mean he, he, sometimes he can frustrate but 
you know, you can't argue against his record. And, you know, he's really played his way back into form and he's risen to the challenge because obviously Simicass, when he has started or when he has played and had to contribute, has performed, has delivered. So, you know, had Robertson carried on underperforming, then, you know, I, th- I think Simicass would have become um, somebody who would have started more games. So it, it's been good that he's risen to the challenge and shut people like me up. And then I'm glad to see that. And the, the final thing is, I, I loved uh, Jota throwing up the C sign at the Leicester City fans. Uh, it was me kind of thinking, okay, he, he's throwing up a C sign to signify a word that rhymes with runts. Um, so that that was pretty nice to see and carried on from that uh, um kind of gestures he was giving to the Leicester away fans um, at the end of the Carabao Cup match a number of weeks ago. So well done, Jota. Well done, Jota, indeed. Right, guys, that is the end of the show. Before I let you go, quick man of the match shout. And uh, Mo, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Who is your man of the match? BT picked um, Jota for the two goals. Where um, are you? I, 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 I'm going with uh, Fabinho. I, I thought that... Uh, he was just absolutely immense um, in midfield and uh, he, he looked absolutely at the top of his game. So I was so impressed by his performance today. Nice. I like it. And what about you, Harinda? I'm lazy and agreeing with Mo. Not really. I'm not lazy. I agree with Mo. Fab was very long legs all over again. It's fucking brilliant. He was really, absolutely really he was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I guess he wins the man of the match on in the Casa. So I would probably throw in maybe Diaz. I know he didn't get the full ninety, Dosh has at me. But purely for the fact that doesn't speak the language, got thrown in, looked impressive, looked comfortable, looked like he'd been playing in this team and this setup for I don't know, three seasons, whatever. Um and more of that stuff is gonna come. So it's very, very exciting. But yeah, guys. We have come to the end of the show. A massive thank you to our callers. Um, a massive thank you to all you that joined us live and for your patience before we got this pod kicked off. And a huge thank you to these two excellent gents, um, Mo and Harinda. But before I let them go, I'll get some plugs for them from them so you know where you can find them on social media. Harinda, I'm going to come to you first. Is there anything you'd like to kind of uh, plug on social media? And also, your, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, where can people find me on Twitter at Harinda1977? Um, usually it's either things that are thrown Trev Downey's way or Cami Branch's way because they say something funny on the Anfield Index main pod. So my shout out or plug is for the Anfield Index main pod. Normally comes out, normally gets recorded on a Thursday or a Friday, comes out by then and they say something really funny or silly. And even before I've heard it, the gif or video is out taking the piss out of one of those two. So that usually something fun for a Friday evening when you just want to relax and kick back and listen to people talk about football and have a great rapport. So AI main pod, great, is, the, is my shout out. I said you can find me at Herinda1977. Don't tweet a lot, lots of retweets sometimes or things from what my wife is doing for her business. Or, so it could be a boring fellow or you can sit there and wait for something really exciting to come out because it is. There's going to be something, hopefully, hopefully, very fun and exciting in the week of the League Cup match. Ooh, exciting. Uh, give Harinda a follow and do check out the main AI pod. And what about you, Mo? Uh, but, you know, you've got the Money Talks podcast and um, where can people find you on social media? And is there anything you'd like to plug? 
Yeah, so um, I'm um, coming out with the Money Talks podcast in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, Liverpool's uh, financial accounts for last season are due to be released. Um, so they should be very interesting and give us a bit of a clue also about uh, what kind of level of finances we might have available to spend um, this summer, albeit we probably won't need to do lots of business in terms of many incomings. But nonetheless, um, it will be still interesting to see how much um, funds there might be available um, and the accounts will give a bit of a clue for that. So that that's something I'm looking forward to go delving into. Um, and uh, in terms of social media, um, I can be found on Twitter at Mochatra, M-O-C-H-A-T-R-A, where I'll tweet about boring financial stuff um, when I feel asked to do so. Um, but yeah, I'll probably be putting something on there in, in the coming weeks um, about the shirt sponsorship deal and also about the accounts as well to supplement the podcast. Um, and then the final thing I'd just like to say is um, it's been great to be on a podcast with um, Harinda, who um, a lot of you won't, listeners won't know, I actually grew up in the same area in, in London. Um, I'm the same age as Harinda, so we grew up around the exact same time in the same area. We never obviously met one another um, or grew up around one another, but uh, it was great to be on a podcast with um, the man, the legend, Harinda Singh. So there's my plug for uh, the man himself. I don't know what to say to that, other than that you're a great liar, <laughs> other than the hometown <laughs> stuff. Listen, and those, and by the way, do give more a follow because, and give Harinda a follow. Shall I tell you why? More will do one of his financial threads on Twitter. It will go viral, and then Harinda will tweet a gif of um a photoshopped um, gift, shall we say, of more Chatra a walk. What's that gift that you always do of him? Oh, the, the swaggy one. Yeah. Absolute swag, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. You need you can't follow one without the other, so there you go, people. Follow both of them. Um, thank you so much for listening. For my part, I did a Media Matters podcast, uh, spoke to a Fulham journalist about the whole uh, Fabio Cavallio deal. Um, do check that out. Is it going to happen? Isn't it going to happen? Um. You'll get, you'll get the details on that podcast, The Fulham Perspective. Guys, um, there's so much awesome content on AI now. Um, you know, you can listen to it ad-free. All you got to do is um, join AI Pro. But it's also on the free side of things as well. So, you know, you're getting so much excellent content. We've been really busy. I hope you're enjoying the videos and the articles by Dan, um, Dan Rhodes as well. But, yeah, busy, busy times, exciting times. And thank you so much to everyone that listens. Thank you to everyone that has been supporting us. Um, Take care. I won't be on the next show. Um, uh, Guy Drinkle will be hosting it. I've got some family commitments. But till next time, take care and up the reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.